when I speak with kids who are or not kids, but students who are considering, you know, internships or, or, you know, doing this, doing that, I figured out what I didn't want to do. Yeah. And that's great. And I think, especially at a young age, like the world's your oyster. There's, you can literally do every single job that is available to you in the world. Yes. And, and getting a a feel for what you don't want to do in life. I don't know. You can think of it as didn't move me closer to where I want to go, but it moved you further from where you now know you don't want to be. Welcome to the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. My name is Chris Thompson, your host of the show and the head coach of the Student Works Management Program. This is a show dedicated to young and ambitious entrepreneurs and ultimately the leaders of tomorrow. Each week, we will bring you an inspiring interview or message to help you create the future you know you deserve. Let's get started. Hey, leaders, I've got an amazing, amazing young leader, Mitchell Lowry. He uh, worked with uh, Student Works just back in 2014, 15, graduated from McMaster in business in uh, 2018, and uh, spent um, four years at the RBC, four promotions. And now he's the business development manager of RBC Global Asset Management um, and just you know, crushing it. We got into a lot of things, job decisions, the steps that he took to uh, have the have the early, early career success that he's had, you know, some of the some of the habits that he discovered at student works and the and the things that are still creating the the types of success and and the value that he that, that he sees himself creating in the world. And uh, so so important for for someone looking to be a real powerful leader. In the world, so uh, Mitch is up to stuff. Four years out, already just you know doing amazing things, and uh, I, I'm sure we'll have him back on the uh, podcast in the ensuing years as 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 he continues to create incredible value in the world. And um, you know what we're up to is we're up to finding you know fantastic you know young people who want to really set their careers apart, who want to be on the fast track, who want to create value, who want to make a difference in the world. So if you know people, you know, like Mitch, please send them my way. See Thompson at Student Works. Uh, if you have any feedback for me, again, please send it. And again, thanks so much for tuning into the show. Please share it with someone who is a young leader. Thanks. Mitch, welcome to the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. Thank you very much for having me. Looking forward to uh, getting into it. Yeah, no, me too. Me too. This is this is awesome. So why don't we start with who were you before joining the Student Works uh, Management Program? Yeah, sure. Tough question. We got to go back a while. Yes. Um, no, I think um, I, uh, as as you know, I had a very athletic upbringing and, and background, and I spent a lot of time, to a degree, chasing dreams in the world of sports. So, yeah. wakeboarding was was the the bigger and better one for me. Spent a lot of time getting some neat experiences out of that, traveling to different places around the world. And one of the things I always get to reflect on now is that the people that I kind of looked up to, you know, call it your, if you're an NBA fan, your favorite NBA players or NHL players growing up became my friends um, at at a pretty young age. So, so that was neat, but I, I I was always a, a driven person. Yeah who just didn't know, or I don't want to say didn't know, didn't have any plan for how I was going to achieve the things that I thought I wanted to achieve. It was just magically going to happen someday. So <laughs> that that would be how I would sum it up in, in kind of right. a, a lighter term. Right, right. But it is interesting. One of the things, uh, there's a great book um, and all of a sudden it's, it's, uh, it's, it's slipping my mind, but it, it's around the concept of Typically, really successful people dig deep in a certain area and dig, 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 and then you get mastery. And 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 Mitch was a professional wakeboarder, and you had mastery again, best in the world, no, but really, 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 really good. And you learn skills, mindsets, habits 
of performing that then can go to the next thing. And so, so, uh, and, and certainly I had that in swimming again, um, yeah. elite, but not, you know, superstardom. And on the other hand, those habits just make a difference, you know? Yeah. So when you, when you first bumped into student works, what, 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 you know, maybe describe your experience, describe what you took out of it, describe, you know, what you're still using from your experience. Yeah, no, I think so. I, you know, the clipboard comes around paper and I think it was in my, my intro to macroeconomics class, probably in my first couple days of, of university at, at Mac. I was there going for business and I read about it and it's quick and um, you guys had a, a great value pitch for, for young people is, is what I would say that it catches the op pretty, right. pretty fast. Right. And um from that point on, I, I was really interested in it. And I think you would remember this quite well. Um, as we started getting more and more into the process, I'm learning more. I'm talking to my parents about it. I'm excited because I don't have to worry about finding a summer job anymore for right. the, the next summer. Now I'm going to become a business owner. My parents started to get really nervous because right. they're like, you know, my, my dad has his own business and he went through building that up and obviously the pains that come with that. And they were kind of like, you know, this seems like a lot, like you fully be taking on all of this responsibility. Right. And, um, and I remember they asked to set up time with you personally for, for an introductory call. (laughs) And this is the thing that I've, I've taken away from Streamworks more than anything probably to this point is, you know, it was, let's say 10 AM on a Saturday and the phone rang at 10 a.m. on Saturday. And that, I, I remember my dad just being like, I, I like that. I know that's someone who cares about what they're talking about or what they're doing because of the timeliness of it. And there are there are a lot of, you know, <laughs> sure, I'm sitting in my condo looking at the walls that I painted a couple months ago yeah. in here, but those aren't necessarily my takeaways from my time at Student Works. It's the the habits that we were just talking about from yeah. previous lives that get ingrained into you. And for me, probably the most important thing that I carry with me on a, on a day-to-day basis is being punctual, being timely. I think it's a really, really easy way to show someone that you respect them is to respect yeah. their time. Yeah. And you're going to come across different people in different stages of their lives. And, and when you're vying for someone else's time or for someone else's business or whatever it is that you're hoping to accomplish with them, you need to show them that you respect their time, regardless of that. That for me was a huge one. And then um, you move into second year of student works. I'm, would imagine you're still doing this and we read the book difficult conversations yes fierce conversations yeah Susan yeah Scott. That's it. yes and difficult conversations are something that will stick with us at any point in life and i certainly have them all the time mm-hmm. um and learning how to approach those and and how to grab value out of those conversations, regardless of whatever the outcome is, maybe the value you're taking away is just that you didn't deliver your message the way you wanted to. And and you learned something from that, or hopefully you learned something from that. You can take that away. And with student works, there were difficult conversations to be had for sure. Right. It it happens. So those are a couple of things that I think you know, when I think back to my experience, I, I genuinely feel as though I learned um, and took away more than anything else. Yeah. Well, it's, it is interesting. Uh, so it's funny. I, I, I did not recall that I spoke to your parents and now all of a sudden you mentioned it and I go, I so recall I spoke to your parents. Yeah. It is a very rare thing. And overwhelmingly, I've done it, you know, over the last number of decades, Every parent I've ever spoken to, incredibly respectful, kind, really thoughtful, interested. It is an enormous, you know, um, thing that their 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 child's looking to take over, and and your parents were fantastic. I remember that uh, experience, and uh, and it, it's something that we'll, we we continue to do again. Have those conversations to to help uh, again have people understand that yes, they're you know our students are doing it 
on their own, but with all this support, with all this, 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 this backing. And, and you, you, you speak so accurately to one of our key habits, the full referability habits, be on time, do what you say, finish what you start, say please. And thank you. And in a world that those, that integrity is so powerful all the time. And, and as you go up the economic chain, and I know you've recognized this because we'll get into it, what you're doing, it's even noticed more. It's, 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 it's not stood for when it isn't there. It's not stood for even more, right? It's like, hold on, you're wasting my time. What's going on? And now even more so in the home services business, it's just so, so rare, you know, get, you know, so, so, so training and coaching in that area is so critical. And then to speak to your second point, Fierce Conversations is such a powerful book. We use it at our veteran training. We will always use it as our veteran training, as as a, as as just a, a huge huge chunk of one of the afternoons that that we really dig deep in. How do we have powerful conversations that are listening really powerfully, hearing really powerfully, so that we can talk about the things that that so many people don't talk about. And as business leaders, or just, sorry, as leaders, there's so many, unless we can have conversations comfortably, tough conversations comfortably, we don't want to be a leader, right? But once we learn the skill sets to have it and the mindsets, we go, I can do this. This is powerful, right? And, and, And I see that, hey, this is going to be a winning situation many of the times when I have these conversations. For sure. A, a tough conversation doesn't mean that there's screaming and there's yelling yes, and there's yes. dislike and there's yeah. none of that. No, what it means is that you probably have an opposing opinion or you have something difficult that you have to say. Yeah. And and that doesn't mean you need to disrespect someone or deliver your message in a way that can't be construed as, okay, this person's coming from a place of like... Um, being genuine and yeah. just being honest and they're trying to find the right solution out of that. And it, it takes time to embrace that and, and to learn that that happens and that's okay. But getting there becomes very paramount to in, in your ability to, to build on um, how you communicate with people as you grow. Yeah. And I remember in your third summer, so the first two summers, Mitch, Mitch was a very successful operator with us. In his third summer, he decided to do some wakeboarding and and compete and 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 coach during July and August. And all of a sudden I remember as well, you spent a bunch of weeks up working with Devin. Um yeah. and my my yeah. son who's a little younger than you, but but and then I go, yeah, no wonder I I I, I know Mitch better, you know? So yeah, so, yeah exactly. Yeah. Uh, but but that exactly. was that was super fun to have Mitch around the house. And so, but but speaking about that next summer, so so in your in your third summer at Mac, uh, you know, in your business program, they get you working in some co-op programs. You joined General Motors. So what was that experience like getting hired? What was that experience like at GM? What did you take away? Yeah, it was funny because I, I was at, I was with you guys when I was going through my interview processes. So I felt like I was I was coming back to yourself and Helen to be like, yeah, I got the job as opposed <laughs> to my own parents. Um, no, it, it was really different. And I, I actually don't. So the job I took on there was it was a group production leader, essentially a manager on on the floor at uh, GM in Oshawa. And I don't think that without the actual past management experience that I had, that I, I would have got that internship. Right. And that was a really, really, really interesting year it turned into a scenario where I was, you know, barely cracked 20 years old kind of thing. And I'm leading a large group of people who are producing something that brings a significant amount of value to people's lives, getting from point A to point B. And that obviously had its challenges at at times for a variety of different reasons. But it was a really interesting experience too. There was more than one difficult conversation that was <laughs> that was had uh, throughout throughout my time there, and I get to walk away twelve months later with great relationships that I had built with some managers in at GM 
both within the plant as well as you know getting to, to the opportunity to to meet some of the more senior people um more on on the company business side of things as well but gaining an, a new set of of communication skills and leadership skills that were so far beyond anything that I ever imagined because it is a production line and, and it can be a challenging environment at times. Yeah. Um, not, it, n- not always by, by any stretch, but it gave me the opportunity to kind of reconfigure how I thought about what, what makes people tick. Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, good coaches in sports would probably possess this quality, right? And right. you need to try and get the most out of people and and learning that that's probably not going to happen by speaking with each person in the same way or yeah. you know communicating with them in the same way is a valuable lesson to learn and it's a difficult one to learn without having to actually do it. Right. Um I think there, there's something to be said for kind of managing the circle at, in, in one sort of direction, but in terms of, of getting people or, or helping people to do what they're trying to do, there's, uh, there's certainly something that, that you could say about having to learn what it is that's, that's behind those walls to get them to do that. Absolutely. And one of the really neat things about the program at, at Mac is, is that it's a year long program. Yeah. So, so, so it's like, you know, you really get to dig in and roll your sleeves up, like, you know, not, not a four month program. You know, one of the reasons why our program is so unique is, is most students can only work four months. So it's really hard to give somebody a whole lot to take on yeah. in four months. And we yeah. have a whole model that creates that, but for this, you could see that in a year, you you can really trust someone to do it. And then I can see in your the last four months, they gave you an opportunity to work in as a financial analyst. So what, what were the takeaways in that role, Mitch? Yeah, that, so, so that one's um, the financial analyst was interesting. And the reason I would say it, it's interesting, I mean, it was very, very junior. It's a lot of like, let's call it data entry and, and sure. doing things that are maybe a little bit more benign in in nature i i wouldn't necessarily say i'm always looking for the opportunity to do something that's super relaxed that's not right my personality right but because i had spent the first eight months in the floor i got to learn the business at the ground level okay so by learning the business at the the ground level it translated over to the the financial side and it's really you're working for a controller at that point in time Right. And you, you have an understanding of the process and the costs and, and all these things that you're actually analyzing because you know the business. Right. It would be as if, and, and I know that this happens all the time with student works, but you, you know, a crew chief or a, a painter becomes a, an, an operator, operator. Yes. One day, right. And they just have a, a probably a, a bit of an advantage over someone who's totally just different. signed for the first time in university. Yeah, because they know the business. They've seen it run. They've seen they've communicated with with the clients at at the job sites, and so that was something that really helped. Mm-hmm. Um, and then to be to be frank with you, Chris, and I think if I if I have a message that I share with when I speak with kids who are or not kids but students who are considering you know internships or or you know doing this doing that, I figured out what I didn't want to do. Yeah. And that's great. And I think especially at a young age, like the world's your oyster. There's you can literally do every single job that is available to you in the world. Yes. And and getting a a feel for what you don't want to do in life, it I don't know, you can think of it as didn't move me closer to where I want to go, but it moved you further from where you now know you don't want to be. <laughs> I think that's so strong. Like, I think one of the most important things we can do is just learn ourselves. What, what, what motivates me, what excites me. And then, and then, okay, let's go do more of that. Because if, if work doesn't feel like work, you've got a huge competitive advantage over everybody else and, and your life's going to feel way better. <laughs> yeah, no, I, absolutely. Yeah. Right. Like you got to find joy out of what you're doing every day, or you're probably just not going to be that good at it at, at yes. the end of the day. And, and you're not going to bring the right value to the people who deserve it. 
Absolutely. So you go back to school and then you go obviously into a full-time, full-time job hunt. Uh, so, yeah. so describe what were you thinking? What were you looking for? Why were you looking for it? What that experience was like? So to me, what was always really interesting as soon as I got to Mac was learning about finance and learning about capital markets in, in particular, the flow of money and how that works and and there's so much to learn. We we had a, a live trading floor at Max. So you could oh, do okay. an internship program there. We had classes that were designed around actually, you know, learning trading strategies and you're using softwares there to, to do that. So that became, you know, pretty early on. I knew that was going to be the goal. Right. Um, high-paced environment. And it's it's exciting to me. Yes. So, so it, it became about essentially chasing to, to get into a bank. And I was really fortunate that, you know, by October of, of my final year of school, I, I had my job lined up for when I would leave, which was an amazing feeling in and of itself. So yes. I, I'm, I was really lucky. I got to do that. I got a little bit of time off before starting. So I, I kind of, Took off to Europe with my two best friends uh, right away after school for a few weeks, and then it was it was pretty much go time from there. Awesome, awesome! And so, so you joined the RBC and you went in as a senior analysis and analyst at cashback and non rewards cards. So, what does that mean? What were you doing? Not to go too 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 deep into it, but but it's also good. It's also good because our leaders want to understand. Hey, what are roles? What do you do? What's what's yeah. how's it start? You know, etc. Because how yeah, and how no. long have you how long have you been at, at at RBC? So I'm coming up on four years. That's why. Um, yeah, June of 2018. That that role was in product management role on what we called personal and commercial banking within okay. RBC. So I guess it started as an analyst role. But um, what I was doing was helping with the, the prod, product management of uh, cash back and lending credit cards okay. um, developed by ARBC. So, so the team that I worked with was fully um, the people who would come up with the credit card ideas and you know the rewards that you would get on them and kind of running, running the business behind that, um, okay. which was interesting because I think I actually, I remember you and I having a conversation about this. It was like, yeah, I kind of just thought credit cards are, are credit cards and you, you <laughs> pay money using them. And, and it's yeah. like, no, there are, there are people who are, who work on them behind the scenes. And, you know, you're working with a lot of different side of the banks, you know, focuses on it, on engagement and providing products to people that are going to bring them value as Canada's now, at least last time I heard, was the second most digitized country in the world in, in terms of how we use money. Wow. Um, so Sweden being number one. So people don't use cash in Canada yes. anymore. It's just yeah. not a thing, right? Like credit cards had become the way of, of payment. People are using them in a transactional way as opposed to a debt facilitator. Yeah. And that obviously shifts business and, and so on and so forth. So it was an interesting opportunity to learn about a, really a, a business that's significant in almost everybody's life who's an adult, but is kind of like almost forgotten about <laughs> to a degree, yes. right? So that that's kind of what what went into it, just doing business analysis there. Okay. Um, yeah. And then you and then you got a promotion after a year and a bit. And so what was that next role? Hey, leaders, I hope you're enjoying this episode so far. Since we started this podcast, every person you've heard from has been one of the incredible alumni of the Student Works Management Program. In large part, that's how I got to meet these amazing people and participate in their development. Starting now and only for the next few weeks, will be on campuses across Ontario, Quebec, and the East Coast, interviewing students who think they have what it takes to start their first business and get started down the path of entrepreneurship. If you think you have what it takes or know someone who might be interested, visit 
leaderspodcast.ca slash apply and start your application process today. Once again, it's leaderspodcast.ca slash apply. Now back to the episode. Yeah, so now you now you become the way it works, generally speaking, is you'll become a manager and manager meaning product, actual product manager. Okay. So you get to get a little bit more hands-on and in, into working with your partners and developing the ideas and, and running the projects that would occur at any point in time, whatever that's going to look like to carry out bringing something to market. So that's sort of the next next bigger step. How really, you just sort of start to bring on on more responsibility, get into a little bit more of ideation stage as opposed to being able to bring forward analysis to back up something or or um, be able to to justify something in the world. Okay, okay. And I know there was one big breakthrough that you were able to create. Can you talk about that here? Yeah. Uh, I don't think I could get, I don't think I could get fully into that one. Uh, Okay. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. No. Can we talk about it in a general way? Meaning there was something creative that you found an opportunity to save time and energy for RBC. Yeah. Yeah. No, just, you know, and, and this is a great thing for anybody to take away is whenever you can, you have the ability to. reduce like from an operational standpoint for yourself in your own job you should always look for efficiencies like smart efficiencies that are not cutting corners that are not doing yeah um, doing less or taking more risk on for the bank or yeah can you spend a little bit of time and energy into just creating something to help yourself and to help colleagues help your peers down the line so, so, you know, I, I would, I crunched a lot of numbers in, in my time there. And it was something I, I had to focus a lot on. So effectively, what I ended up doing was just looking for something where I could save myself time in my analysis process, which, you know, just being a great tool for, for myself and my colleagues to be able to use as we went through that process which was a great experience. It happened really early. And, and it was, I think, a, a nice way for me to maybe get some recognition from, from our upper leaders and, and stuff like that uh, f- for how I did it. Yeah. Kind and, of. and so so one of the things always for our leaders, anytime you're talking with a, somebody from a, uh, a incredibly competitive worldwide company it's very you know we have to talk generalities uh you know just just because it's so hyper competitive etc but the concept that i wanted everyone to get is mitch does not think like an employee mitch thinks like an entrepreneur so mitch sees you know again value proposition how do i deliver value first of all to myself so I can do well in my role. And then I'm sure when Mitch, because I know Mitch real well, and I heard the story. Uh, so you brought it to your leaders and said, hey, I think this could save everyone time. Yeah. And so then the absolutely. bank goes and says, wow, this could be, and this is an enormous time saver, which again, everyone knows what time saver means is value creator, money saved, you know, roles, you know, oh, I, we can have other people do other things rather than this thing. What a huge breakthrough. Yeah, I think, I think, you know, and, and to, to build on that point, the word value gets associated with the dollar sign. And that's not always the case. Right. In fact, it's pretty rarely the case. And, and when you're able to separate that from, from how you're thinking about it, then you can really start to, to bring a lot to different people. And, and people do that for me all the time too. So, so, you know, if you're thinking about efficiencies, you're thinking about what that creates in the end for, for yourself all the time. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. And so, so breakthroughs like that and, and doing really well in your role uh, led to led to other promotions, et cetera. So, so which is which is fantastic. So, and then you were able to move kind of to the other side, right? In yeah. global assets. So, why don't you talk about why don't you talk about that? And and was that your goal before, or did or were you surprised by that that opportunity? Or yeah, able to, yeah, to be a no. business development manager. Yeah, no, it's um, so this this is where I, I work today is is at RBC Global Asset Management. Um, so. 
you know, effectively we, we're the division of the bank that man creates and manages investment products that we, we bring to the world. So you, you want to walk into the bank branch to invest some money as your savings, investing money, um, you're buying a mutual fund, maybe right. it's an RBC product and, and that would be the, the world that I work in. So that was, as going back to kind of the schooling, it was always the interest for me is that right. side of the business. And um, I was fortunate. I got into the bank and I just tried to work as hard as I could and, mm. and build a good reputation and create really great relationships with my managers who would, you know, we obviously had conversations along the way about, you know, where I might want to end up down the yes. road and them wanting to to support me in that. So this was always the goal. And and then getting into the side that I'm on now, business development managers, of course, developing business and, right. and you know, letting the world see that or helping the world to see the, the products that uh, RBC makes and how they bring people value, investors value. So that was maybe a side that I didn't know so much about was this kind of wholesaling idea. And yeah, I was really fortunate. It, it was it was networking that, that got me there. Um, it was uh, sort of a fluke opportunity of meeting someone one day who through mutual friends and, and nothing more. And then it's meeting for a coffee, having a great conversation. And, and one thing leads to the next and you, you can get an opportunity out of stuff like that. And so it, it where I'm at and being on, you know, this called we'll call it relationship management side of the business is right. has been really great. I think it's been a great marriage of of the the passion that I have for for capital markets and, and learning about finance and learning about how our, our economy really functions. And I like people and I like working with people and I like talking with people. Right. And uh this this role and this world that I live in has allowed that to merge. Awesome. So when you talk about wholesaling, you know who who are your clients, uh, uh, Mitch, and who you know who are you talking to, who are you trying to you know enroll yeah. in buying yeah. buying with so, RBC. So when you know if if uh, you're able to to save up a bunch of money in life and you want to do some investing, it's not uncommon where as you. Have, build a higher net worth, you would, you would go to someone who manages that money for you. And they're the ones who make your investment decisions because not to any discredit of anybody's ability to invest, but we can all watch a YouTube video and learn how to paint our own homes. But there's somebody out there who does it and they spend their life doing it and, and working yeah. on it and the value they bring. So those managers are, are who uh, we generally work with in, in my uh, side of the business is yeah. just talking about a lot of our products and, and helping them with uh, education pieces that they can bring to their clients about our products or just about general stuff, outlooks on markets. Right, right now would be a great example of yes. there's a lot going on <laughs> in, in the world in a variety of different reasons, right? And yeah. um, that's something that our business does is we, you know, do a lot of research and we, we bring a lot of that stuff to market for our, our clients and for them to deliver to their clients. Yeah. Um, so you become a bit of a conduit of information for these, these money managers and helping them to, to bring value to their clients ultimately. Right. That's, that's the end goal for us is yeah. to, to just uh, bring, bring value to people on a day-to-day -day basis to, to help them with their business and their clients. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and so for our leaders, again, you gain more and more capital and, and, you know, many times people are, you know, well, we actually now, actually, we have a complete training now, Mitch, coaching our leaders in our business, how to actually look at managing the first money they're getting and what to do right. and, and yeah. mostly what not to do, but a yeah. bunch, yeah. bunch of what yeah. to do. Yeah. Um, and then I and got then a couple a, tips for them. Personally. Yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. you know, and, the, and the markets dropped like a stone over the, you know, it's May two, four right now. We're, yeah. we're, we're, we're recording this. So, that, so it's been a really, really horrible number of months. And one of the biggest things that, that 
these money managers do for high net worth clients or higher net worth or, you know, as they're approaching is, is not to flip out, you know, how, you know, it's like, and, and, and even also making decisions about, Hey, you know, and, and sh- sharing the value of saving and, and things. So a lot of times it's pretty yeah. basic stuff. And on the other hand, you know, it, it's, it's, as, as you mentioned, Oh, I could do it myself. And a lot of times it doesn't go as well. So, so there right. still is a, an enormous market out there for, for who, and pr- people provide really amazing value. I know we work with a couple of them and again, we wouldn't think of managing it all on our own, given all the stuff that we have to do. So, yeah, I think, I think, and, and this is not uh, specific to anything, but there's a, there's a very, very emotional side to yes. money and not to say like, you, you know, you should take that emotion out of it. It's your hard earned savings. It's everything you work for. But um, as many people know, you like to save and, and plan for retirement and planning is a huge, huge part of how people need to think about money as, as maybe they accumulate some of their own. And doing that entirely independently is, is very difficult. It's not necessarily, you don't have an emotional connection necessarily when you go to the grocery store, buy your food for the day or whatever, but you have your plan of maybe you're vegetarian. So this is how you're going to eat. And this is, you know, these are the, the ingredients you want to put more of into your body. And there are people and institutions or businesses out there that can help do that. And, and I don't want to say take the emotion out of it because emotions always going to be there. there. Yeah. But help to, to realize like maybe what, what it is that you're looking for and, and then point you in the right direction. Yeah. Really. Yeah, I know. And just just kind of, you know, get, you know, hopefully get you not to make bad decisions in those really stressful moments and, and exactly. coach you off the cliff. And and, uh, exactly. you know, and, and and just just for our leaders, I, I, I was listening to Tim Ferriss, who is a favorite, uh, you know, a great podcaster. He had Morgan Housel, H-O-U-S-E-L on and he talked about the psychology of money. I like the podcast so much. I bought it. And it's a great book. Really easy read. Twenty five chapters about a lot of the things that we're, you know, talking about, you know, why do we need money? What do we really, what's the purpose of it? What are you really trying to do? What are you trying to complete? And being really, really clear of that, because I think a lot of times with money, it is so personal. A lot of times there's, there's stuff from your childhood coming up about how you manage your money or how you think about money and um, getting really, really clear is, is really, really important because obviously the impacts of not managing your money are really, really monstrous. And, and, and the impacts of managing your money well are incredibly freeing. Uh, so, so, you know, we recommend the latter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, sure. So it, it's, um, it's great. And, and the, we're still learning stuff as we go along, you know, different cycles and yeah. once and times throughout history have always brought on things to, to be learned. Um, and, and the, the world is, is changing so much and so fast. And all of these asset managers around the world are constantly working to bring things that, that represent that evolution and, and sort of the revolutionary products that people think about in life and, making that part of, of your, your life moving forward from a financial standpoint, I guess you could say. Yeah, no, it's, it's really, it's really awesome. Um, you know, and is it, you know, obviously congratulations on your progress and, 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 you know, really, you know, crushing it just such a, such a, you know, young age out of school. Well, well done. You know, I know, uh, I'm sure most of your peers are quite a bit older than you and doing the role. Thanks. Yeah, no, we, we've, um, we've got a great, great group that I, that I work with, uh, mm-hmm. all everywhere. And I've, I've, I've always been very fortunate to, yeah. to get that, but, um, yeah, yeah no, no it's incredibly, it's, it's incredibly talented place to work. Uh, you know, a you know, a you know, a, you know, world-class bank like RBC. So for sure, for sure. So we've been talking about a lot of good things, you know, and a mm-hmm. lot of, Oh, here, progress, progress, progress. But I know you've made mistakes or failures or setbacks. Sure. How do you see that? And what did you gain from that? There's times where the biggest one that I've I've personally struggled with is 
you can pick up a hockey stick and make make progress at shooting a puck if it's the first time, right? Maybe you get it off the ice. When you move to a, a big corporate world, it's harder to see that progress for yourself. It takes a lot of time to, right. you know, you got to learn a business. You need to learn the intricacies of the business. And it, it can take a lot of time to, to get there. And mm-hmm. this will seem like a cop-out, but one of the biggest, hardest things on me was you, you want to be really successful and really good at what you're doing right away. Yeah. And it's easy to get really hard on yourself as you yeah. start to do that. And for, for me, it, it, it became personal. Like it, I was taking it personally, but nobody was putting any pressure on me other than myself. Yeah, for sure. And to, to be for, you know, that, that led me down a, a bad path and yeah. you've, you've got to find your way to get out of it. And something that I developed a, a a long time ago now, which I carry to this day is just is writing goals down for the week of things that you want to do and you achieve. And it, it's nothing that we haven't all been taught since we were in probably grade two or three of doing your to-do list. Right. And checking something off. That's one thing is, is just um, if if you're trying to be successful, if you want to be a, a value contributor, wherever you are, it can be easy to get pretty hard on yourself at times. Yeah. Um, but other than that, you know, I think that there's something to be said for being okay with your, with your failures in life. And let's say acting to go, to go, I want to go fail so that I can learn something from it. I, I don't take that. I don't share that approach, but and it, it will take time to em- embrace your failures as they happen. If you're emotionally connected to the success that you're going to have or whatever, but there's always something to learn somewhere along the line. And if, if you, you, you have to be very real with yourself and you have to look back and it, it's difficult because it means you have to be very present as you're doing things and picking up on what you've done. Right. But you have to look back and you have to criticize yourself a bit. I could have done this different. I should have done this different. You know, um, I did X, Y, Z when I should have done ABC instead. Right. Or whatever. Exactly. Order. The scenario would be. I'm trying to think of like a concrete example right now of of something. Well, no, that's that's okay Because I because, again, I think I think you're. Uh, the, the people who are listening to this podcast overwhelmingly are really, really high performers. They drive themselves really hard in learning that the driving yourself really hard and being really hard on yourself actually is not what's getting you the success. Too many people no. think that it's that that's getting them success. So Mitch was driving himself really hard and it was coming in and really, really negatively impacting him. I want everyone to hear that. But what actually gets everyone the success or what got Mitch the success was the actions he took, the mindsets he had that created powerful actions. So so it's we and and by the way, I discovered this because I was similarly focused and really hard on myself. And and so if it didn't go well, I'd be really hard on myself thinking that that was a a success habit. No, it's a success. I don't know. uh, Negative habit. It's not going to help us. And, And so and on the other hand. You're also saying there's a tension between, okay, I don't want to be hard on myself and I want to look at myself and see how can I get better with, I always like to say soft eyes, you know, not critical, you know, how would Chris talk to me, Mitch, you know, he wouldn't be being harsh with me. Right. And just, just like, okay, how can I make progress here? What did I do wrong? Let's, let's look. And, and that is, I think a, a real pathway through those challenging times. For, for sure. And, and, you know, one other one other point, too, is as you go through things in life, you, you'll start to discover what you're good at and what you're not good at. And I, I think it's Gary Vaynerchuk who yeah. who said this out loud, like, stop focusing on, on the things that you're not good at. And like, oh, I need to fill that gap. Like, yeah. sure, you like if it's part of your day to day life and your job, like you need to get better at it. Maybe it's just about becoming adequate at something so that you can do it. But focus on the things that you really enjoy and the yeah. things that you're good at because those are your strengths. So use your strengths to 
to your ability. That's what's going to bring you to other places and you'll grow other strengths as you go. But people will have employees to do something on the tech side because they're not sure. good with tech and yeah. they'll learn their basics. And But you you find the things that you're good at and you do that. And maybe you let someone else do something else. And, and yeah, um, that's, a, that's, that's a really a, important thing to understand. Definitely. 100%. You're one, you, you, people, people who do really well in life focus on their strengths and are really, really good at things. And of course, you can't have a over, oh, I don't care about, I know, being on time or I don't care yeah, about no. being organized or I show up when I show up. Well, you know, right. you know that's highly unlikely going to work. But but there are some personal, you know, habits I need to have. But otherwise, it's all about strength building is is really the course to a great career, a great life. And again, also, yeah. we're, we're, we're very much likely to like what we do that yeah. we do well, too. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Steph Curry's not trying to dunk the ball. In <laughs> exactly. Game, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Just some, raining some threes. You bet. Yeah. So, uh, so what key habits would someone want to steal from you, Mitch? Talking about habits. Trying to approach everything with an open mind as best sure. as you can. Right. And I'll tell you what, this was not something I was I was good at when I was younger at all. The okay. word change was not part of my vocabulary. Okay. But I. You, you learn over time that it's in everyone's best interest to really, really just try and hear the other side of something. And you're going to have your, your points in time where it's just, nope, I'm right. And that's it. But it, it's always worth, it's always worth hearing somebody else's side uh, or hearing their opinion. You're going to learn from it. If, if you're, really, really engaged, then you're going to think about their opinion and, and how that might work and start piecing together puzzles. And you can maybe merge different ideas. But I think that's one, just always, always be willing to, to hear other people's side of stories and, and be approachable. I think it, it's a, it's a better way to build lasting relationships. For sure. Um, and I think being deliberate with with the things that you're doing, you know, if, if you are going to work, then give it your all, um, right. Put your effort into it. If you're going to go play, pick up sports with your friends, then, you know, try your best. If, if that's what it calls for sort of thing. Yeah. If, if you're going to relax on a Sunday afternoon bef before a long work week coming up, then put your phone away and, and relax, like do whatever it is be that you're present. going to do, but whatever you're doing is to be deliberate. And I, I think that will, will help you create your step, your separations in different areas of your life. I think that's, I think that's awesome. Um, so anything, any, before my final question, anything else you'd like to share with the young leaders on this podcast, Mitch? Yeah, just, just um, don't be scared to try. I think a lot of, a lot of people in, in life, you get nervous, and boy, was I am still learning this <laughs> as I go along. But you get nervous about making mistakes or saying something wrong. Like trust yourself a little, a little bit, right? Like, sure. What wherever you are in life, whatever you've done in the past is what's got you there. So yeah. trust that if you're in a good place, you've done good things. And if you're just trying something new, be deliberate put the effort into it. And, and maybe you have a difficult conversation with someone saying like, this is what I want to try. It's going to be a little bit challenging, but I think we can do it. Here's plan yeah. A, B, and C. But you can't live inside this box of everything I'm doing is, is great. And, and that's it. Um, if, you, if you want to push forward, keep pushing and try new things and Learn from the people that are doing those things that you have access to already and, and ask them questions. Communicate with the people around you that you get access to as much as you can. Right. Uh, we were talking earlier, Chris, like the power of human connection. Yeah. Uh, and and tap into that where wherever you're comfortable to, to get involved with people and learn from people one of my favorite things to do is to learn. And that doesn't always come from reading a book. It's, or, you know, whatever it is that it's getting jeopardy. Yeah. <laughs> but 
talking with people is one of the most powerful things that I've really learned um, mm-hmm. and is really enjoyable to me. Yeah. Yeah. We were just chatting about, you know, uh, where, where Mitch was and RBC was uh, around working, coming back to the office and they still are, you can, and not, not totally set now. And, but Mitch is regularly in the office, walk into the office and, and, and again, the opportunity to meet and and especially in our twenties, the opportunity uh, to, to meet and, and build relationships and learn from each other is so, so powerful. I know, you know, it's just, you know, yeah, there, there comes a time when, oh, you can live anywhere and do your job. Yeah, there does come a time. But early on, the time is to meet lots of people and learn and develop, develop a network uh, that, that can really assist you as you assist them. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Always, always do things with, especially in the working world, you need to be delivering value to others. If you're doing it for a selfish reason, it's, it's not going to work. Yeah. Um, Yeah. You need to be bringing value. Um, and that comes in a lot of different forms. Absolutely. So final question, uh, Mitch, when you think of a leader of tomorrow, what do you think of? A leader of tomorrow is someone who's, who's going to be approachable, someone who's going to be very, very flexible and very dynamic in terms of, of how they operate. COVID's shown us that that has to be the case. Yes. And you're going to need to be, um, able to to mend a set of skills that are both both technical as as well as on the softer side so be a nice person be a kind person be someone who other people want to be around and i think that'll that'll drive a lot of success but as our world continues to change i think that we're going to see a very very different world five years from now than, than what we live in today and, and you're going to need to be able to adapt to to what that looks like if you're not one of the ones already kind of leading the charge towards it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, well, Mitch, I really appreciate, I know it's been a long time coming. Uh, just, I know life is really, really busy doing what you're doing. So I appreciate you taking the time and, and fitness in your schedule. And, and again, uh, with gratitude. So thank you. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Chris. It was fun. Okay. Hey, fantastic. You have an awesome evening and we will talk soon. Hey leaders, I hope you enjoyed this episode. By now, you are aware that we work with ambitious students every single year to not only help them run their first successful business, but to further their development as a leader and give them an unfair advantage in the future over their counterparts. It's why starting now and only for the next few weeks, we'll be on campuses across Ontario, Quebec and the East Coast interviewing students who think they have what it takes to start their first business and get started down their path of entrepreneurship. If you think you have what it takes or know someone who might be interested, visit leaderspodcast.ca slash apply and start your application process today. Once again, it's leaderspodcast.ca slash apply. And I can't wait to see you on the other side.